This is Engage Governance, the podcast series from the Chartered Governance Institute, UK and Ireland. In this podcast, I'm talking to Sharon Constanson, CEO of Genius Boards, about the factors that impact effectiveness in the boardroom. Sharon, could you introduce yourself and give us an overview of the themes we're covering today? Hi, good day, Rachel. Uh, I'm Sharon Constanson. I am CEO of Genius Boards and Genius Methods board evaluation and board development uh, organizations that support boards being the most effective they possibly can be. One of the things that really gets in the way of boards being effective is the one that you can't quite get your finger on it. Things are not quite working as well as they should, but they're not broken. Mm -hmm. How do we identify what is the key item, person, problem, issue that is causing this board not to be its best. And I liken this to finding the head of the octopus. There are a number of issues that are evidencing, if you look carefully and if you put them all together, you realize you've got the eight tentacles of an octopus. What is it within the head of the octopus that's causing these eight areas in the business not to be as efficient? They're not broken, they're not quite working right. And that's the area I'd like us to discuss and challenge today, please, Rachel. Mm. So um, you mentioned eight areas. What would those eight areas be? It depends on the the issue in question, um, but very fair question. Typically, it'll be things around strategy. Another area is risk, the way in Mm -hmm. which they address risk. Another one will be the degree to which the board remains at arm's length from the executive. So we talk about noses in and fingers out. To what extent Mm. are they empowering the executive to do their job or are they getting in the way or are they forced to get in the way because the executive are not performing? So it could be coming Mm -hmm. from either side. Another one might be around um, financials in terms of financial sustainability, around sales, product development, um, sales and marketing. Uh, There are a lot of areas that we see. Another one typically is governance, can often be a problem. Mm. Um, The other areas around compliance. So it's what aspect of the business could possibly be impacted by something that is not working. So in terms of the role that the company secretary can play in in identifying um, these aspects that are infecting um, the performance of the board, um, how can the company secretary become the most effective that they can be? An effective company secretary, an empowered company secretary, a leader as a company secretary, irrespective of their underlying training or their age or their experience, is somebody who owns that position. Mm-hmm. And the most important is to own what needs to be done by the company secretary to open the eyes of all the players. They are the chief of staff to the chairman. They can have the confidential conversation with the chairman saying, I am worried. Mm-hmm. They can go and say, look, the business is not performing, but the CEO is not being accountable or uh, the sales area of the business is not working and the CEO is not holding them to account. You you can have, as the company secretary, those really honest conversations with the chair about your concerns. Mm -hmm. Because if the company secretary doesn't actually have those conversations, 
how the board really meant to know that because they're not in the business. Mm-hmm. They've got noses in, fingers out. So they're mm-hmm. not there in the day-to-day aspects and therefore can easily risk missing some of this kind of um, detail. So mm-hmm. the company secretary must be the mirror and the voice and the uh, red alert flag warning the board of things that they need to. So to have a company secretary that doesn't step up, speak up, stand up, be heard, is a very, very dangerous position for a board to be in. And they need to either ensure their company secretary is more empowered, better trained, um, coached, mentored, to be the leader they need to be. Mm -hmm. Now, if the chairman's not giving them that space and not giving them that empowerment, you need to potentially change the role, either the chair or the Mm -hmm. company secretary. Because if those two don't have a very strong bond of major, major trust and empowerment between both parties, you're never actually going to get to know what's going on in the business. And therefore, for a chair, it's like leading the business with a glass floor between Mm. you and the rest of the organization, which I have seen happen. Mm. And it's amazing to what extent a glass floor is suddenly not transparent and they cannot see what's going on in the business. It's very easy for an executive team to hide the truth from a board. And so um, you describe a little bit the the modern leader company secretary that's central to the business and knows, um, you know, a lot about what's going on in the business. And like you said, can communicate that to um, the chair um, who is perhaps more removed. Um, So what should a company secretary do to ensure that this intelligence is is shared um, appropriately for the benefit of the business? One of the things I do recommend for company secretaries to do is to regularly have conversations with the chair of the board. Talk Mm -hmm. to each other once a week because otherwise Mm -hmm. once a month you don't think of the things you need to do and you're talking about the higher level stuff. But to actually talk about the business, um, meet once a quarter informally so that you are allowing the chair to breathe some of the things that are happening in the business, even if the conversation is only 10 minutes. It really is important to to understand what's going on in the company at at that moment in time, in the cycle that the business is in. Um, Because the CEO, the last thing that kind of character is likely to want to do is to report back to the chairman of the board on a regular basis. Mm. So you need some degree of confidentiality, appropriateness, trusted style of engagement which the company secretary can offer there will be things the company secretary will never tell the chair because it's not necessary Mm. Uh, and yet there are other things that the company secretary is told in total confidence by somebody and actually has to work out it is important that this particular one I do have to share Mm. under confidence because it is mission critical Mm-hmm. So it's a really difficult uh, situation for the uh, company secretary to be in is to work out what to share and what not to share and when and under what circumstances mm-hmm. and in what style and to what degree of depth that needs to be done. So you need a really um, stable, agile, resilient, capable company secretary who in, in a way is a leader themselves um, and mm-hmm. able to work with the board, knowing what is right for the the long-term sustainability
integrity of the company. And it's not about who who you are protecting as an individual. It's how you're protecting the company. And Mm -hmm. one of those things that you have to protect against is reputational damage. And Mm -hmm. often some of these more sensitive issues can have a reputational damage element to Mm -hmm. them. And it requires really um, business mature people, emotional, personal maturity to be able to judge how to handle some of the information you know and how not Mm -hmm. to handle it, but equally not to look. And I've seen this occur as well, where a CEO perceives that the um, company secretary is a corridor of flow of information into the chair's inbox. I don't know of a single company secretary who's ever done that, um, Mm -hmm. but it is a relationship that the CEO will resent, resist, if they are on a slightly different goal path to what the chairman might be or have a different level of respect for the chairman's capability and knowledge and leadership. Mm. So it's a really difficult balance because the company secretary is reporting to both individuals but needs to retain their job, retain their paycheck, Mm. do what's right by the company, but equally always what's right by the board and the organisation. An inenviable position when times get complex. Um, Yeah. And a lot of CEOs can get very territorial. Um, yeah. And the company secretary is the one person they don't need to be territorial over in most cases because it's yeah. it's not the same character that they are. So how can um, how can a company secretary show that to um, to the various members of the board? You know mm-hmm. what their individual contribution and impact is. That's actually an interesting point because. Um, However much the board is a team and it's a collective and they're making um, majority decisions for the benefit of the organization, each individual can actually perform a very uh, one-on-one role with the organization to Mm -hmm. the benefit of that person. So you often see, see a degree of mentoring or partnering or pairing or buddying with an executive and a non-executive to help mm-hmm. um, upskill uh, the individuals both ways around. It could be both ways. Uh, it could have reverse mentoring as well. Um, and the important part for the um, company secretary is to share with each of those individuals the mission of the company, the governance mm-hmm. of the company. Here is our strategy. If we do X, it is completely off-piste to what our strategy is it needs to be something we discuss further. So being the sounding board of logic uh, mm. to come back and say, I hear, but shouldn't we do this? Because it wouldn't wouldn't work right if we don't address it in an effective manner. Because you, you talked about um, a lot of this is to do with judging a situation and, and being sensitive. Um, and so... I suppose a challenge for a company secretary is understanding how to unlock that EQ. Um, yes. Yeah. So how, how would and you I go about doing that? The first thing you've got to have is have EQ yourself as a company secretary so mm. that you can phrase, position, communicate, listen, and not judge, but influence. So the EQ first resides with the company secretary. Mm. I had a student once who was we were studying boardroom dynamics and she was a black and white kind of individual and couldn't get this thing about human beings being mm. 
judgmental or difficult or mm. having agendas. It just didn't make any sense to this individual. Mm -hmm. That kind of a person would not be able to handle this conversation mm. um, around utilizing EQ and influence because they would come at it with a hammer for a nail mm. and <laughs> would have a major negative impact on it. Mm. So the importance is to work out how do you determine the journey of the conversation? How do you use your EQ to only talk about the bits that people are ready to listen to? Mm. How do you evolve that conversation over time? Remember, people. some people are reflective. Some people are very fast thinking. So when you have those reflective, slow thinking, system two thinking people, you need to give them time to absorb what you've said and take ownership. And yet you've also got the other impetuous sort of emotive, um, noisy um, sales type um, character that makes instantaneous decisions, but then sometimes has to rethink them. Mm. So it's working with the individual you're talking to to make sure that they can receive the information in their way that they can absorb it. A conversation might take a journey of conversations to get to where you're trying to get to rather than just trying to address the outcome in one uh, conversation because sometimes you just can't do that. Mm. So that is where the EQ element of mm. the company secretary is critical. The other aspect is the company secretary helping all directors, chair included, to understand they can learn EQ. So this is part of a board mm. development aspect, is making sure that the board directors themselves evolve their own EQ, recognize mm. the value of the company secretary's ability, and then learn from them. Everyone mm. can learn EQ. IQ, there are limits. Absolutely, there are. Mm -hmm. But EQ, there aren't. So it's making sure that you are authentic. Mm. in your learning of EQ, of being um, inquiring, of listening. You have to be authentic in that conversation. Genius Board specializes in board evaluations from a behavioral perspective, addressing directly boardroom dynamics, therefore boardroom effectiveness. I'm interested in how you would learn um, EQ, um, I guess, as the company secretary that then would lead the learning of the rest of the board. How do you start to recognize um, how certain personalities want to receive information and how they act on it? I would say group EQ learning is not going to work. Yeah. I think this is a, um, and not even group coaching, this is one on one coaching from company secretary to help others to learn to behave differently. Mm. So when they were in the meeting last night, for example, yesterday's board meeting and the company mm. secretary phones them the next day and says, remember when you did X and you confronted um, the CEO on that specific topic, the reason you didn't get a good response was had you asked question one, two, and three first before you asked question four, you might have had a very different outcome because mm. you gave somebody the chance to own your journey. You've been thinking about it for four weeks and you blurt it out and all you're going to get is pushback. And that wasn't mm. what you wanted. Your question was valid, but it was out of nowhere. It was the left hook from the unknown. That is not what a, a CEO or a finance director are going to respond well to. Mm. So, 
coach them to find out what are the three questions to come before, or the two questions before, that set the scene, put the, the person you are challenging into a place of comfort and safety. You are not being judgmental, which you were in your particular questions. It came across very personal and very judgmental. How do we remove that personal affront? How do we remove your tone of judgmental behavior and coach them into asking a genuine question in a nice, normal mm. way? And if there's somebody on the board who's really good at that, using that person as an example can mm. work very well. Mm. There are some um, podcasts, videos, um, content around this kind of thing. So there might be um, external material that they can be um, directed to. Mm. People like ourselves do a lot of coaching in this space as well mm. where we're independent and can support the company secretary's mission to achieve this mm. rather than the company secretary feeling like they're trying to be the teacher, the coach, the mentor, and they're receiving the darts mm. in their direction at the same yeah. time. So sometimes it is uh, beneficial to use an external influence to share that journey if it's going to be a complex, difficult one. Yes. I was thinking that um, a company secretary might be thinking this is an entirely new skill set that perhaps I hadn't developed um, in, mm -hmm. in my original training, but I, I understand it can be really beneficial, but how do I go about mastering it? Mm -hmm. The nice thing that um, the CGI Institute has mm. now implemented into their final qualifying program is the subject boardroom dynamics, mm -hmm. um, which is probably the most difficult exam I've ever seen students <laughs> try to get through. It is hard. It is tough. Yeah. But it must be in a way because it's not a plain sailing environment. You can't right. just learn the, the, the text and generate yeah. it out again. So it really is an important learning to learn to work with people and to find that common ground and that mm. solution that is relevant to the current situation that they're dealing with. And it will be so unique to every situation. Yes. And I suppose it will become more and more valuable as boards, um, you know, aim to become more diverse, more um, mm -hmm. ways of thinking and more personalities to deal with. So more important than ever to develop that that skill set and to ensure our chairs have that skill set as well absolutely that role of the chair in the middle um, managing all of those um, diverse perspectives and personalities is going to become even more important um, as we strive for more diverse boards totally agree um, and so um, thinking more about EQ how do, how do you think it um, can help the guiding and supporting of company strategy and the board <laughs> The most important thing is to have freedom of conversation. And we can only have freedom of conversation if we can ask the right questions, that we can get non-pushback style responses. In other words, we create a safe place of challenge. Mm. We create a safe place to think blue skies without mm. the CEO feeling they all think they know how to do my job. And all those kind of negative feelings a CEO can have in a strategic planning process. It is really about everyone's against me. Everyone thinks I can't do this. It's a very difficult um, process for a CEO to mm. go through. And I think that is often not respected. So the role of the company secretary is to ensure that the 
process is not negatively aimed at anybody, that it's about thinking differently and allowing the collective mind to support the CEO's ability to lead the company, not saying that that person doesn't have it all. Well, they won't because mm-hmm. they're only one person. That's why you have a board in the first place mm-hmm. is for the collective mind. So, But it's, it's important for the facilitator under the guidance of the company secretary to respect the particular individual sensitivities, whether it be the chairs, whether it be the CEOs or the finance directors, and ensure that they do go through that strategic planning exercise in a productive, positive manner that everybody actually genuinely does own it. But we forget to talk about the personalities involved in strategic planning. And some people can do it more successfully than others. Mm. A CEO might be able to do amazing blue skies thinking and the CFO says, until it's written in a spreadsheet, I can't get my mind around it. Mm. Yeah, those are your two extremes. But it's important for the company secretary to work with the facilitator of a strategic planning process to ensure that all the people are protected and are safe and are not drawn into uncomfortable areas. And collectively, we manage to get the whole 360 degrees dealt with uh, competently. Mm-hmm. And how do you think the company secretary would get a sense of um, the board's overall EQ, evaluate it and understand how, how, it, how the group's EQ functions? Think, work, work together. There are a number of assessment tests out there that are very accessible and very affordable and can be done quite quickly, but are incredibly accurate in terms of their output. So if you've got a NED that has a different EQ capability to somebody they're challenging, is know and understand where the other person's at. Now, you can work it out or you can go through a process of assessing everybody and sharing the collective in a comfortable way, non-threatening way to each individual. But I think the most important is the more you know about yourself, the more you can therefore recognize in others. So Mm. do as many of these assessments as you can to understand how you think, how you respond, what your um, DNA is. Because if you can do that, you can work with others because Mm. you'll know how to guide yourself to get the best out of the other individuals because you can work out where they are if you know where you are because you know what the mm. framework is that you're assessing against. But if you don't know what the framework is, you don't know what the other person could possibly be and therefore how to work with them. So I then come to this thing of self-mindfulness and therefore mindfulness of the collective if you've done assessments also. But just sitting as a company secretary, you could probably take the four quadrants of any form of mapping and map your directors onto that map and say, okay, mm. with this lot, I'm going to have an EQ uh, conversation around the values. With this group, I'm going to have evidence, facts, figures, graphs, tables, leading indicators, measurements, and I've got them both to understand what I'm looking at, but I've used a very different conversation with the two mm. groups of people. So it's being able to... Do both and to encourage your executives to be able to respond in both those ways to the respective individual. And you'll find your Mm. risk chair, for example, will be completely different to your audit chair or remuneration chair. Mm. They will all think differently. And how do you work to them to get the right outcome? And then I think that these areas probably feed into – 
the the wider um, ESG agenda that's developing at the moment around understanding um, the importance or the growing importance of factors like company culture um, mm-hmm. and the um, the views of all your stakeholders, so shareholders mm-hmm. and and your employees and um, all those other external stakeholders. I think. And perhaps you would agree that this EQ aspect of understanding how these areas function could help a board to evolve in line with that agenda. Um, if, if the company secretary feels that, how can they describe that to the board? We can thank the pandemic for one or two things in life. Not many, but there are some we can thank the pandemic for. And what COVID has done is helped boards who are above people that people make up the team. People can have good days and they can have bad days. People can work from home efficiently. People can't work at home efficiently. People can work with teams and people can work isolated. People can really have a tough time emotionally for things that you would consider quite normal. So I think the pandemic has allowed boards to mature in a way of respecting the internal stakeholder, being the staff Mm. complement that they have that delivers what the business is all about. I think that maturity is going to go a long way towards um, being more effective as organisations and respecting our greater stakeholders. Mm. I think also our external stakeholders, whether that be customers, investors, interested bodies in supply chain, for example, Mm. wherever it might be, uh, there's a much greater respect now for the importance of all those different components and how they can singly or collectively impact our business. So it's making sure that the um, board, what learning they've had of actually absorbing some EQ into their uh, DNA and into their thinking patterns and into the agenda that never existed before, whether it be the internal stakeholder, external stakeholder, or whether it just be the opening their minds to the modern agenda of E, S, and G, mm. as well as the diversity, the mindfulness, the inclusivity that they need mm. to have in their behaviours aboard. No point bringing in a new person that's completely different to the rest of them and then all of them shunning it. Mm. You know, they equally have to use their EQ and welcome change, um, which none of us are very good at. So it's making sure that the collective board absorbs and works with change and that the company secretary educates them into the the natural feelings of rejection when there's change coming on Mm. and supports them to be inclusive of the change that all businesses are going through, particularly Mm. boards. I mean, boards have been through a massive degree of um, engagement change with the business. Not that they must now become intrusive, but they must become more respectful of the the component parts of how the investor or the customer feel. that mm. No, they don't want this kind of product delivered to them in this way yeah. anymore. They want to see diversity. Uh, the internal stakeholder wants to be able to have a voice. So mm. all these things have now become really critical. And boards have been pushed into this, kicking mm. and screaming, but uh, yeah. in most cases have absorbed it. All I pray is they don't lose it. 
you know, the stakeholder conversation is so critical to have your ears open to, and that requires all the EQ possible collectively yes. from the board to listen. Yes, yes, I do think it's become more nuanced, um, and 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 that, like you said, the EQ is what's needed to understand why um, your uh, certain actions, perhaps from your business, are responded to in the way that they are, and perhaps very differently to how they might have been even just two years ago before the pandemic. I totally agree with you in every respect. Yeah. Um, and so how do you think, um, maybe as a final thought, how, how do you think a company secretary can make sure that the board is getting the most out of its its individual members um, to be mm. as effective as it can be, particularly as the landscape is changing um, at the moment? Mm-hmm. And one of the most common themes I get when I interview directors is I have n number of skills and I'm being pigeonholed into being the governance person or the legal person or the industry specialist and I'm not being drawn upon for my greater business skills, the experience I've got in similar industry or I've been through. Typically where we're seeing this is somebody who's been through a culture or digital or combined culture and digital transformation where they've had to ditch the old technology and move into the modern world. You know, there is a huge amount of that kind of experience that exists out there, and you may well have some of those kind of experiences within your board. And so often boards do not actually understand what their collective capability is within the room. Mm. And to unlock this, there are two, two important conversations that need to happen. One is in the induction process, the person is understood as a new uh, director as to what their capabilities are. That's understood by their team members, by the company secretary and by the chair and documented. So I would always look to the nominations committee making a really good praise of why they chose a person and what their skill sets were, whether they chose them for that or not. What else can that person bring? And to regularly, as a company secretary in NOMS, is just to actually have a closer look at all of them. So that's the sort of more structural governance way of approaching it. The other way is the human interaction. Talk to each other. Talk to the company secretary. Talk to the other directors. Company secretary to talk to the new NEDs and the old NEDs. Uh, another thing I always recommend is that you buddy a new NED with a uh, longer standing NED and they both go and do a walk the floor somewhere in the business. So they go and they um, chat to somebody in a foreign location, a different branch, another um, office. And the longer standing NED will see the environment through the newer NED's eyes and vice versa. It's like going to a pantomime, the story you see and your one your kids see are two totally different stories. <laughs> so it's taking the strength of a different pair of eyes and budding them with different people every time. So the board gets to know each other. Um, mm. And that is so, so critical because then they can call on each other when they remember so-and-so has a skill set and I have a problem in this area. I'm worried. I know who to call on and discuss this with. Mm. And then you've got the chair who needs to know their directors. <clears throat> Quite simply, they just need to know their directors and know them well. 
Mm. That doesn't mean that they cannot give constructive criticism when it's required, that they can't do evaluations of the individual because they've got to know them well, but it's making sure that they do understand the strengths that those individuals can bring and to call on them regularly to bring the diversity of thought. Okay. Well, thank you very much, um, Sharon, for your thoughts today mm -hmm. on um, the different factors that can impact effectiveness in the boardroom and how we can start to understand how they're connected and um, use our um, emotional intelligence to really take a nuanced approach to um, addressing those factors. Um, it's been a really interesting conversation. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. I found that a very useful conversation. Um, and what we achieved was actually what we need in the head of the octopus actually is all the EQ possible that we can disperse some of the negativity that might be coming from a common problem that's affecting different parts of the business. Effectively, by bringing the EQ to the head of the octopus, we can equally counter at all levels within the business where things are not as effective as they could possibly be. Thank you. I think that's a really interesting analogy, really useful. Thank you. Engage Governance. Look out for more podcasts coming soon. We would like to thank our sponsors and experts for supporting the launch of the Engage Governance podcast series. To access more podcasts and other useful governance tools like our guidance notes, blogs and articles, please visit www.cgi.org.uk.